0: all am road, think, think of all the all Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast, a podcast for diehard Bengals fans. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, and I am filling in for my guy, Zim, who is under the weather right now. He's got the flu, hopefully not the coronavirus, Uh, just kidding, but he's got the flu right now, so I'm uh, flying solo for today's episode. It's been a while. Uh, when you last heard from us, uh, Zim actually interviewed our guy, Max. Uh, we wanted to wait and hold off until the combine actually ended up happening. Uh, but with Zim getting sick, we just kind of want to hold that until our Thursday uh, live, you know, Q&A. And then we'll probably do some things uh, in terms of recapping the combine. But today, what I really want to talk about is uh, certain things surrounding the Bengals in terms of free agency, Right and what some likely targets would actually be uh when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals there's certain guys out there that they're probably going to be active in free agency on but I'm not expecting them to be super accurate to the point where you know they may be active Uh, the first day of free agency. So that's what I'm kind of focused on, and I kind of asked Jeff Hobson that question. He seems to think that it's possible that they could be uh, as active as the first day, but we'll have to see what happens there. But I think when you kind of look at this free agency class and you look at some of the guys that can be had for uh, low cost, you start to look at guys like Shaq Lawson, um, especially if you're trying to look at a 3 4 kind of look, Shaq Lawson would be a guy that they could possibly have for somewhat of a bargain. And he could be a guy that you could bring in uh, that would essentially be able to be kind of like a Zach Wolf kind of thing, uh, where you may be able to get him for a pretty decent price, right? Uh, so, Zach Wolf is another one. that Apparently, it's been said that Zach Wolf will be visiting the Bengals and free agency. Uh, obviously, you've got your guys like Brandon Scherf, uh, so we'll have to see what he's looking at. He's probably going to be a guy that's going to get about $14 million a year. Um, he'd probably be a guy that you'd have to get, and you look at him, Joe Thune, uh Those are two guys that you probably have to give up double-digit millions um, per year to get, right? But then you have some other guys out there, like some people are going to talk about HaHa ha Clinton Dix. You probably would have to pay him near $10 million a year as well, which me and Zim have talked about him. That's on Zim's wish list. But then you also have guys like DJ Reader, right? Um, DJ Reader is a nose tackle, and if they do lose uh, someone like Andrew Billings, they could potentially go after him. Uh, I'm not sure if they will, because I think that he's going to get paid as well. I think he'll be highly paid, and I think that they feel like, given Josh Tupou and and some of the other guys that they have there, not sure if that would really fit what they want to do. Um, then you got Joe Schobert, who's looking for $11 million per year. I'm not sure if they're going to go after that either. Um, so from from my vantage point, you also have guys like Trey Waynes. I think Trey Waynes is a guy that they actually may look into possibly replacing Darquez Denard with, especially if they go out and they do end up uh, releasing Drake Kirkpatrick as well. I think Trey Waynes could be a guy that they could look at. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, I'm not sure uh, what... What would happen there, I'm not sure if they would actually even bring Wit back, unfortunately, just given that they already have Jonah Williams in the fold. I'm sure that uh, Witt does not want to play right tackle either, so not really a fit. But one guy that really sticks out to me that could really be a huge bargain for this team, Carl Joseph, right? You know, he's got a pretty good PFF grade, 69.9. He's 26 years old. He plays the safety um, you know, he's probably going to get a one-year prove-it deal, which means that you can get him for a lower number. Uh, right now his projected contract is $4 million, uh for a year. So he's a guy that I think that they could definitely look at if they're looking to uh, possibly bring in a safety to compete with uh, Sean Williams or if they want to look at moving on from Sean Williams, that's another option. Uh, you also have Kendall Fuller. Uh, He's definitely taken a nosedive um, the past two seasons, so I'm not sure if you would really want him, but he's going to come at a bargain as well. He's projected to make $5 million um, on a one-year deal, so he's a guy that you can bring in on a it deal as well, uh, a guy that not many people are talking about. You talk about Blake Martinez, and it's probably because he didn't have a great season last year, uh, but he's a guy that could be had as well, uh, someone they may kick the tires on. But something that's important about this whole process is that the Bengals are going to have to get this right. When you look at what they did last year uh, in terms of free agency, there were some guys that they just completely missed on, and that has been a uh, topic of discussion when it comes to free agency is that the Bengals are going to be looking for guys that not only, uh, you know, fit the mold but actually are going to have an impact. Um, So you look at guys like Brian Bulaga. uh, That's another guy that you could possibly get away with uh, at the tackle position. But with him being 30, you may actually be better off in the draft. So, it's going to be interesting how they balance those out. Another guy that comes to mind for me, if you're looking for a, you know, a solid guy to go after, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, three years, four million dollar average. That's nothing to pay a corner who's pretty decent. Uh, you know, a few years ago in that draft, people were high on him. He kind of fell to the second round. Uh, wouldn't mind bringing him in. I mean, if you were to get rid of a BW Web and bring him in, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Um, but these are mostly the guys that I've been looking at. You talk about the Graham Glasgow's, that's another guy um, that you can go after. I believe he's also Ryan Glasgow's brother, so that probably would bode well for them bringing him in. You know, he's only 27, uh, he, he's got a 74.1 PFF grade uh, for 2019, so pretty solid uh, we'll have to see what he gets. It looks like he's projected to get a $10.5 million, uh average per year contract. I'm not sure if that's actually going to happen, uh, but that would be um, a pretty decent guy. He was the number 12 guard, according to PFF, last year, 13th the year before that. So you get kind of a, a top end or a top half of the league kind of guarding him, and I, I think the Bengals could use a guy like that. Uh, Nick Kwiowoski, uh, Kwiatkowski, I'm not sure how you say his name. Um, he was pretty good last year, had a bad year or average year in 2018, had a great year in 2017. Uh, he's 26, and you might be able to get him for 3.2 and a half uh, $3.25 million each year. Uh, I think that that's a great value pick, uh, another guy that they could look at. Of course, Andrew Billings. We don't know what his market is really going to look like. Um, that could be a guy that the Bringles want to bring back. And then you look at their own players, such as Darquez, Denard, Andrew Billings. Um, obviously, it's expected that they're going to franchise A.J. Green. I'm not sure if they're going to do that or not. I'm not sure if that was just an old um, kind of report that kind of lingered. I'm um, Not sure exactly uh, what that was there, but Bengals are going to have options, and I, I think that uh, even if they don't go for the super top tier guys, I think even if they just get one of those guys, they should be fine. Uh, but you know, the Bengals are going to have to do. They're going to have to do their thing, and they're going to have to do their research, and they're going to have to look at guys like Danny Trevathan and some of these guys out there to determine you know, where they can essentially fill these holes through free agency. And I like the fact that they're going um, to try to fill holes in free agency as well as the draft. And I think as long as they stick to that recipe, as long as they stick to that formula, they can have success. Uh, for me, I'd like to see them also make some of these moves ahead of time in terms of getting out in front of these things. Uh, you talk about Cordy Glenn, right? There's a lot of teams, although some people feel like Cordy Glenn might not command that much on the trade market. You can at least get something for him. There's a lot of teams that could use Cordy Glenn. You talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's just one that comes to mind. Um, Yes, he's quit on several teams, but there are teams out there that just really need tackles. And, you know, Cordy Glenn, although he has, um, you know, caused some issues in Cincinnati and in Buffalo, there will be teams lining up to take him. Uh, So I think that you should at least at minimum get a sixth, fifth-round pick or something like that for him instead of just outright releasing him. Uh, Andy Dalton, you talk about moving on from him, um, and I think that that's going to be contingent according to uh, where Tom Brady lands. And let's talk about Andy Dalton for a second. Uh, When you look at what you could possibly get for him or possible locations for him, I kind of talked about this on my channel uh, New Stripe City. If you haven't subscribed to it yet on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to that. If you aren't following Zim on Instagram at Zim underscore who be sure to follow him because you'll get all kinds of Bengals news and insights from both of those sources. But on my channel, I talked about potential locations for him uh, and Andy Dalton should have a healthy market out there you know I talked about teams that could possibly use him um, starting off with teams that may not have the obvious need but could use him you talk about the Dallas Cowboys if things don't work out with Dak that could be a spot he's from Katy Texas uh, so that could be an option for them Uh, you talk about the Chicago Bears the more likelier option Uh, I think that Chicago Bears would be a Great area for him, especially with that defense, especially with those weapons that they have. Mitch Trubisky is the thing that's keeping that team back from being a Super Bowl team. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender with Andy Dalton, but I do know that they are at minimum at least a playoff team uh, with him there. And given that they don't have any third-round picks, you would get a second for him. They have two of them. I would love to send him to Chicago. Um, It's a win-win for all sides there, and I think that Chicago has about 26 million of cap space available right now. They cut a couple of guys a few weeks ago. I think some people forgot about that. Um, They could also be making a play for Brady. So Brady, I think, is going to be the first domino that falls. Uh, But then outside of that, you also look around at teams like the Redskins. The Redskins, if they do want another quarterback to compete with what they already have there, then Andy Dalton could make sense there as well. Uh, You look around. And you look to other teams like the Los Angeles Chargers. That's another team that you could trade Andy Dalton to uh, that needs a quarterback. They just have Tyrod right now. Uh, and, you know, Andy Dalton's contract is very flexible. It's very flexible for a lot of teams that may not want to pay 30000000 million. You're getting ready to see the quarterback market get reset again, especially with so many quarterbacks that are out there um, in free agency. Uh, you talk about Philip Rivers and those guys, so that's what also makes this a valuable trade chip to have. Um, you move on to the Indianapolis Colts, another team that could bring him in to compete alongside Jacoby Brissett. That would be another good location for him to land. Uh, a lot of a pl- lot of places that make sense. I know when. They did have um, their old GM. It's, he's not the GM there anymore, but I know that they were very interested. in and Andy Dalton at the time, you talk about the New England Patriots, right? The New England Patriots, of course, they're going to be interested, especially with uh, the potential that Tom Brady could leave, So you could also see him with the New England Patriots. The Bengals have had a healthy relationship when it comes to trading uh, players to the Patriots. But given the, the scandal of the guy recording the Bengals' sideline, I'm not sure how that's going to play into it. Uh, but, you know, you do have a healthy history of Corey Dillon, uh, Chad Ochocinco, and several players being traded off to the Patriots in terms of giving them a chance to... Uh, win late in their careers so the Bengals have always done that so stay tuned for that as well Uh, but you have other places where Andy Dalton could fit in I'm not sure what the Saints cap situation is but obviously with Drew Brees getting older he could go there Uh, but obviously he'd only be there for a year so Saints don't really make too much sense But there's other teams where Andy Dalton makes perfect sense, even if you talk about Miami, right? If Miami wants to load up with all of those other first-round picks that they have, go into the season with Andy Dalton and go into the season with Josh Rosen and see what they can do and possibly wait to get another quarterback next year, they can do that as well. And they have plenty of cap space to do it. Um, so there's a lot of teams out there really that could use his services, especially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well as a team that's moving on from Jameis Winston. And even if you feel like Jameis Winston is slightly better or maybe even worse than Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's coming at a super discounted rate. So he's coming at $17 million a year where you'd have to pay a Dak or a Jameis probably $30 million a year. So when it comes to that standpoint, he's going to look like a more viable option um, outside of any of, the, of these other teams. Now, with it being a vertical offense, I don't know if that's the perfect match for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they would probably require a, a quarterback with a slightly stronger arm, uh, but... You know, that's another place that potentially Andy Dalton could go. You also talk about the Oakland Raiders, right? Uh, The Jay Gruden, John Gruden connection there, they are obviously um, great minds that think alike. You could have Derek Carr there and Andy Dalton there as well and potentially have a quarterback race. So I think that the value for Andy Dalton is going to be high. We just have to wait for some of these dominoes to kind of fall in place and and see where they go. So that will be interesting to see as well. Um, In terms of the combine, we're going to talk a lot about that coming up um, pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for rocking with us. Please be sure to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast. A lot of people here say Orange is the New Black was a conglomerate underneath the Cincy Jungle podcast. So please be sure to check those other shows out. You got the OBI Insider uh, with Anthony Consenza and John Siren. Uh, you also got Matt Minishes' Chalk Chalk. So be sure to check those out. Um, Tons of great content. I believe that um the OBI just interviewed Solomon Wilcott, so be sure to check that out. And we're gonna have stuff coming here for you soon as well. So we're gonna get some interviews and stuff lined up, some content lined up. Um it is the off season, so sometimes we'll be here. There there may be one show a week, there may be two. We're gonna try our hardest to bring you guys as much coverage as possible and then um coming up next month we got the draft and me and Zim are actually flying out for the draft. We will be there. Um, so we may do a live uh, podcast from out during the draft. Definitely going to try to get some filming in and stuff like that. And if you're going to Vegas, be sure to hit us up on Twitter, at New Stripe City and at Zim uh, on Twitter and let us know so we can try to link up with you guys or try to plan some kind of meetup for Bengals fans out there um, while we await the pick of Joe Burrow. Um, so outside of that, I'll just wrap things up with talking a little bit about A.J. Green. You know, there's things coming out saying that Joe Burrow demanded that A.J. Green stays. Uh, to me, I don't think that that matters much because the Bengals were going to keep A.J. Green no matter what. Uh, now, when it comes to whether they should franchise him or not, I don't think that they should franchise him personally. I, I think that it's just a slap in the face given the fact of everything that this guy has done for you. The fact that he wants to remain a bingo and wants to retire a bingo, I, I personally think that it's a slap in the face. Now, I may be a little biased because I am a hardcore AJ fan, and it goes past just the Bengals. Uh, You know, for me, um, I can always remember going back and watching this draft process because of the Bengals, right? And, you know, because of that, it's given me kind of uh, eye for talent and stuff like that. And I remember seeing AJ Green, and I remember thinking, like, man, this guy is amazing, like, to me, he just was the best prospects I had seen since Calvin Johnson. And, you know, when the Bengals drafted him, it just made me so excited. I remember jumping off of the couch and being so excited for them to draft A.J. Green. But there's other aspects that I relate to A.J. Green with as well. You know, I do have ADD. Um, he's also someone who has ADD as well, which I never knew until um, they kind of did an E360 special on him. Um, so that was kind of cool to see that. Um, And then, you know, he also has a son around the same age as mine, so it's just a lot of weird parallels. He also lost a younger brother as I did mine, so it's just really cool to see that this guy is just, you know, a model citizen, a model player, never had any drama with the Bengals. You go out there and you see things that are happening right now. Like, when you look at the Jaguars situation and you look at Yannick, and, you know, A.J. Green could be doing that, but he's not. You know, there's been reports that he could be franchised. He's he's not come out and said anything, although he would not like to be. Uh, and I just remember a time, man, where a lot of people, like, Corey Dillon and you know some of the older players once they got kind of tired of it they were just ready to leave and the fact that this guy wants to stay the fact that this guy never gave up on this team given everything that's happened um over this past decade it, you know to me it's just a slap in the face like I get both sides but for me you have to start to establish some culture here you look at what the Reds are doing with Joy Votto uh you know They're they're remaining loyal. And some things speak louder than words. Some things are bigger than just the game itself. When you remain loyal to those players and you do right by certain players. Now, I'm not saying that you do this with... You know, five guys or something this year, but you have to have a guy that can become the ambassador of your team, and the Bengals are sorely lacking that right now. Um, outside of Anthony Munoz, you know, a lot of the older players don't really have great things to say about the Cincinnati Bengals, whether it's guys that are in the media, whether it's former players, and so you need that, and I think that that gets started with establishing some culture with your best player, A.J. Green. With that being said, this is the orange... It's the new Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie. Um, My co-host, Zim, will be joining me once he gets over the flu. Uh, Please let us know uh, what you think of our podcast on Twitter, at New Stripe City, at Zim underscore Hootay. Be sure to leave us some stuff there. Um, But as usual, we will leave you guys with a Hootay.